Welcome to the Ask for Football Army Football Show. The Army Football Show is an insider's guide for cadets, old grads, and college football fans to follow the Army team throughout their season as they seek to beat Navy and claim the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Ask for Football is brought to you by our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first online platform for online sales and auctions of farm animals. That's BuyerBarn.com. Don't forget to follow Ask for Football on all social media platforms or sign up for our mailing list at askforfootball.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back, Army football fans. Uh, We're going to week nine. It is time to beat UMass. So welcome back to the Ask for Football, the Ask for Football Army football show. You can tell a little bit of practice. You got that one. Um, I'm your host, Jordan, joined to you from San Antonio, Texas this week. Uh, I realized that the irony of that when I publicly trashed them before we played UTSA, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, Dan is here in coastal Connecticut, uh, James in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and Rob in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Gentlemen, how are we doing overall? Not not Army football, but how are we doing overall as people, as individuals? Listen, life is good, man. I I have no complaints. Uh, This weekend is supposed to have beautiful weather for the Army game. Uh, I'm not going because it's my wife's birthday weekend and a bunch of our friends canceled. And so we we sold our tickets. took me like two hours to sell the tickets, so that was awesome. but it's going to be a beautiful weekend, and I'm excited about it. Plus, watching 15 games or whatever over the weekend that we talked about on Roundtable absolutely ruled on Saturday. I totally enjoyed that. Sweet. Rob? Yeah, so we're actually in fall. So it's like 40s at night and 60s during the day, so I have no complaints. And we are ramping up for trick-or-treating. So we're going to do trunk-or-treat, trying to scare all the crap out of the kids. we got a brand-new neighborhood behind us that has a whole bunch of kids and, like, Everybody's in like the Halloween kind of spirit. So a lot of decorated houses and things like that. So walking around the neighborhood, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we may actually have, you know, a fun holiday uh, evening for Halloween. That's cool. Hot damn. James, how's the, how's the, the, well, it's not, see, before I ask you how you're doing, (laughs) there's the, the, the debate, like is Oklahoma the South? I say no. As someone from the South, Oklahoma is not the South. I would consider it more of the Plains. It's not Midwest. So how are the, the Great Plains of Oklahoma? Well, there's the you know the the Western Heritage Museum is in Oklahoma in Oklahoma City. So I, I think I think we're part Western of Western and Midwest are totally different. Have you ever met somebody from like Wisconsin? Uh, oh, I I lived in Michigan and Northern Ohio for a while. I I know the Midwest. I, I mean, it's a it's a different breed than than Minnesota, Wisconsin for sure. But no, I mean, I think it's the West, right? Like it's the it's the old Indian territory. It's it's very much Western culture. The largest stockyards in the world are here. Um, I'd hesitate to call it South or Midwest at all. Okay, that's fair. And you know, you're going to get canceled for saying Indian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? In- indigenous something? No, that's what every single person of that ethnicity calls it here. Hey, hey, James. <laughs> James, come on. Don't be using that common sense on this show. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, living under, uh, you know, uh, the... Uh, Oklahoma City boundaries has uh, has its advantages. Uh, one of them is that uh, it's generally pretty dry here, but uh, because Dan's not going to the Army game this week, it's going to be dry there, which means we're getting the rain. So <laughs> you can keep that. Dan is the rain man and not the uh, not the kind that can make us somebody. Yeah, no. Um, I also see that you don't have you know Army football stuff, so I. You know, congratulations to your wife for decorating the house. I thought that you had decorated the whole house with Raymond <laughs> West Point memorabilia, but you know, it's good to see that your wife, uh, you know, won won some battles on decorations. So 
All right, gentlemen. Uh, Rob, why don't you tell us about our sponsor? Yeah, so we have a sponsor here at uh, As for Football. It's BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn was founded by Class of 97 graduate Dan Robinson. Dan ran a traditional farm co-op and realized there's a better way to bring it into the 21st century. Dan and his co-founder, D-New, took their experience in IT management and development and built the world's first farm online auction and sales platform. BuyerBarn provides reduced uh, animal issues with uh, owner contact by cutting that down so you don't have 10 to 12 hours in pens and they are just uh, direct sale to the consumer. Reduced animal fraud through a buyer-seller rating system, fully integrated auction platform with secure payments, convenience to buy and sell on your own time, better market pricing because of a much wider audience. BuyerBarn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and is providing a special discount to military veterans who want to help them with the small family farm revolution. Uh, any questions, just go to buyerbarn.com or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Back over to you. Thanks, Rob. So th this show is going to be a little different, admittedly. Um, and you know, Dan really framed that well in the outline. You know, normally we go through. Let's look at all the statistics from the last game. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that we had four turnovers against LSU. And no nobody cares what happened at, at the end of the day. You know, we've been shut out two games in a row at home against Troy, and then on the road against LSU. So instead of reliving that, I, I think it's better to for us to have a have a conversation and you know dan from from your perspective what's going on is it is it time to panic if you're the either casual army fan or you know class of 85 who listens to this podcast because you don't have time to watch the games and you know, you know whatever it is where, where are you at i really you're not class of 85 you know that's that's 20 years isn't he the class of 58 oh well he's born, he's born in 58 it's like oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. What? 78 class of 80 so anyway dan i mean listen i know you said you didn't want to talk about turnovers but i got two words for you turnovers um three fumbles one interception at home against troy three interceptions one fumble on the road at lsu other than that army ran for three and a half yards per carry both times against, you know, two Troy has an excellent rushing defense. LSU has, you know, a decent rushing defense. That's why they got promising drive snuffed out. I mean, you know, those guys are putting the ball on the turf or throwing it wild in plus territory. And that's that's more than anything why they got shut out. I, I mean, what's the difference losing 63 to zero and 63 to seven is kind of, you know, I, I guess there's some pride there. But, and, and I will say, I'm not sure what people thought was going to happen with four plebes starting on offense. I mean, imagine the 2018 team at Oklahoma, but you've got Tyre Tyler in there in his plebe year instead of Kelvin Hopkins. If you think they were still taking Oklahoma to overtime, like, uh, -uh sorry guys. Um, and the turnovers, like the reason I bring it up is the turnovers are nothing to do with the new offense. Like army teams that struggled running the flex bone were turning the ball over it. It was epidemic in 2015, um, definitely still occurred in 2016 and 2019. Like, I don't know, we saw the same thing. Like, this is not a new phenomenon. It's just when Army turns the ball over, they tend to lose. And you look back to the UC UTSA game, Army had zero turnovers. Not surprisingly, they, you know, looked good, found ways to consistently get the ball into the end zone. Yeah, man, I mean... I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that complicated. I mean, the the team also needs to finish drives more consistently on offense, which you know we've seen that a few times. Um, but right now, Army is one twenty seventh out of one hundred and thirty FBS teams in turnover margin at a negative net nine, and that is despite the fact that the defense has four uh, forced fumble recoveries and four interceptions, which is not bad at all. 
So, Dan, it's interesting that you brought up the 2015 Army team because that was my yuck year. James, I think that was your plebe year. Um, yeah. And it, that watching that team was so frustrating. We went 2-10, and 10, but I remember we were so close Absolutely. so many times. And it, yeah. it felt like, hey, if we just done one one thing differently, if, you know, if that fourth down, had we got a first down, whatever, like so many little things, and that season would have been, you know, six, eight wins instead it was two. To me, that's what this season feels like. It, it does feel like that, yeah. that. And it's like the, the pieces are there. It's like the guys, like I, if he was just a little bit older, a little bit more experienced, had done th- something a little bit differently. Bryson Daly hadn't, you know, pitched it, you know, and, and pitched it a yard back instead of forward. And that, like, yeah, that's just what it feels like. And it's, it's yeah. frustrating. But at the same time, I think there's also some hope because it's not like we're going out and acting like we've never played football before. It's like, yeah, have we been out playing? Yes. Have we been out coached a little bit? Yes. But like the pieces are there and it just, it needs more time. Um, yeah. The, the good thing about the 2015 team was that especially towards the middle and end of the season, you started to see some real players emerge who would be key guys in 2016 and especially like 2017 and 2018. Um, you know, um, Brandon Jackson came on that year among other people, you yeah. know, it's, it's like they found a bunch of young players, especially on defense that year when the whole team was just really struggling. You know, Maud Bradshaw was like in and out with injuries and stuff. But mm-hmm. when he came back, like he looked good. The, well, next 2015, year the 2015, they, they couldn't figure out who to play damn quarterback. Cause you had, uh, well, everybody kept getting hurt. Well, they everyone kept getting hurt, but who was number 11? Oh, well, uh, who couldn't, who couldn't keep the football in his hands. The senior. I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I Yeah. And Bradshaw looked good, but he wasn't super comfortable with the option. There was like so many yeah. things like that. There was, and there's, yeah. And then Jordan's point. Oh, I'm sorry. You finished first. No, I was just, you know, you end up with uh, Chris Carter playing, you know, starting against Rutgers and then starting at Navy that year. Played really, really well at, at Navy. It, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tough. And it's tough when you have to run young guys out there, but it usually pays dividends. And w- right now, like, was it ugly running a bunch of young kids out to play at LSU? Yeah, it was. However, if you didn't see signs of hope amidst the struggle, like, I don't think you were watching with the right eyes because, I, I mean, this is what yeah. you expect. Like, it just takes time for these dudes to develop. Like, that's just a reality. Yeah, and to Jordan's earlier point with 2015, right? So there six of those games were one-score games, um, and any of them, any of those one-score games could have gone the other way. Um, there were some that, yeah, it just they looked bad. I, I think Air, uh, we played uh, Air Force that year didn't look good. We played Notre Dame that year didn't look good. But like, there were so many games or one-score games that could have gone the other way. There of the of the five losses this year, three of them couldn't have gone the other way, right? LSU couldn't gone the other way. Uh, Syracuse couldn't have gone the other way. And uh, and the last one was Troy, wouldn't have gone the other way, right? Like, and you could say, if, you know, if we played them 10 times, we'd win one of them. But given the way we played the game, it wasn't like there was a player or two that could have changed the outcome, right? Right. Um, well, what if the other two games go the other way? We're four and three right now. Yeah. We're, we're like four and three right now. And we're like, okay, we got to knock off UMass and one more team. We're on a bowl, right? Yeah. Like, and, and people aren't, people aren't pitching. So, um, I guess I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll talk more about the game here later after Rob's thought, but very similar to 2015. Yeah. Rob, before before you get into your thoughts, getting shut out is is not a good luck. Troy, we're not going to talk. Let's talk about LSU. LSU, 
opened the season against Florida State, lost to Florida State. I think since then, people have kind of written LSU off. LSU won the national championship, what, two years ago, three years ago? Like, 19. Yeah. Okay. LSU is a very good football team. They're a very aggressive football team. And also, people aren't going to want to hear this. They play in the SEC. Like, football is different. I live in Alabama. Like, football is different in the South than it is in the rest of the country. It is very different in LSU. Like, so, the like Dan Taco, three and a half yards per carry against LSU. To me, that's good. Obviously, getting shut out is not good, but moving the ball effectively against LSU, a very athletic, very physical defense in Death Valley, I think yeah. there's signs of hope. The thing about playing LSU is you make a mistake, and it's not just a, a stop, not just a loss of yardage. It's it's a turnover. Yeah. You know, like Champ Harris missed one throw over the middle. You know, they run that slant over the middle to Isaiah Alston all the time, and they and they missed it. You know, he missed it 10 inches high. Against most teams, that's probably just hits the turf. But against LSU, it's a turnover coming the other way because, dude, obviously. Yeah, and, and LSU is known for their secondary guys. Yeah. You know, like if, if you want to talk about it, they're one of the best. You. Yeah, they're one of the best uh, cornerback producing colleges in college. So, like, that w- shouldn't be surprising. And and I'll roll into my – I'll pile onto what Jordan said, and then I'll jump into my thoughts. So, one of the things that you have to understand is LSU is going to hang as many points on every team that they play for the rest of the season because they have to. And the reason why they have to is because they have two losses in the SEC. They are an also-ran in that division, period, right? So the only way for them to pass the quote-unquote eye test is for them to hang as many points on every team that they can because you lost to FSU in the beginning of the season, then you got bumped off again. I have to score 60 points against Army because if I don't, then you know the Boo Birds and their fans are going to be like, well, they didn't perform like they were supposed to because they played close to Army. You know what it's I mean? Yeah. Right, and that's ultimately what it boils down to. Like it or like it or not, that's college football. You know, particularly in the SEC. Like, if you're an SEC fan and you have one loss, like you're like, oh gosh, our season is ruined. You know, and it's just a difference in comparison, relatively. But moving on to to my thoughts, keep it short so I don't dive into a rant. The last thing that the team legitimately needs, and I'm going to be a little bit salty on this one, but uh, they just don't need the toxic fandom, man. Like the fans turn on them hard. You know, I understand you got two shutouts completely. I, I get it. But in your vast experience as Division One college football coaches, what moves would you make? What decisions would you make? Because, again, the coaches are watching films. The coaches are making the best decisions with the information that they have. And as a casual fan or the person that, you know, bitches on Twitter, like, I seriously doubt that you watch enough film and do enough analysis to legitimately predict what they should be running against LSU. I would argue that uh, most of the, you know, most of the guys in the first club, they do pretty good analysis. You know, social media writ large is a cesspool of scum and villainy, and I'm going to move on from it. You know, I think everybody has opinions, but the reality of it is, is like, I think the coaches are, are very, very aware. The par- the players don't need to get talked on. Like, these kids are under the age of 25. They barely got their insurance freaking discount, and you've got, like, grown men in their 50s talking trash about them. Like, oh, my gosh, you're ruining their Army careers. It's like, it's one game, guys. Let it go. All right, moving on. Recruiting matters, right? So so one of the things that's positive about seeing the younger players in the game, it's a good thing because it allows them to produce a future. You know, you're investing in your future. Like, it's time value and money. If I put the time in now, it's going to pay off for me later. Going back to Ahmad Bradshaw, 2015 was a great. 2016, great performance out of that player, and it worked out for the Army team. 
first victory against Navy in a bajillion years. So that's a very important piece of it. So think about it. If you watch the pregame or in-game interviews with Coach Monk, and one of the things that he said, he's like the biggest thing that he was concerned about of Champ Harris wasn't his throwing arm or his throwing ability. It was his ability to maintain pitch position and get the ball off, right? Because he was recruited as a passing quarterback. So now he's trying to learn how to run the option against LSU in his first college football start. Could you imagine how much pressure that is on that kid? And like, hey, look, just don't screw it up too bad, right? Like, right. Honestly, exactly. Yeah. That's ultimately what it boils down to is like, hey, I'm I'm handing you the keys. Just don't wreck the car, you know? And again, he had some help, but at the end of the day, you know, it's easier to recruit a team now with the style of offense that we have because it's going to have more opportunities for more skill positions. More players can touch the ball. So now what you have to do is just take the time to allow those players to develop. You know, that kid was in high school last year. He's not going to, you know, like Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in college football, and he threw three interceptions a couple weeks ago, right? So let's be real. Like, it happens. And then the last thing is, and this is really where, you know, the meat of my stuff comes in, is, is always talking about defense. The defense has to stop the explosive plays. Plays over 25 yards are what kill, is killing Army, both in the ground and in the air. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm tired of seeing, you know, no pressure on the QB. The six seven wide receiver has a pretty decent matchup. It gets open. He dunks it in. You know, the quarterback puts the ball in perfect position for his guy to catch it, back shoulder throw, and then he runs for another 40 yards and scores a touchdown. That's got to stop. So that means we got to tighten up the defensive line play to get those guys to the quarterback. The other thing that I'm that's a little bit frustrating, of course, and I hate to see it because it's always happening in the second half of games, is like a linebacker playing out of position or safety. You know, guy hits the line, makes one move, and then he's running 40 yards for a touchdown. That's got to stop. You know, and we've talked about that before. We've got to be more consistent in closing out those drives. The last part of it is, and I will say this, and I will harp on this, and this will be the hill that I will die on. So if you guys do not know, learn anything else about watching defensive football, is understanding the number of plays that the team is on the field. Army has averaged 61 plays defensively on the field every this season, right? Low for the season was 49, UTSA. Guess what happened? They won. The only other game that came close to that was 68 against uh, Delaware State, but because the offense was so proficient that you're going to have that bump up in plays overall for the defense. And the last thing is, you know, Boston College and UTSA had about 70 plays, you know, and like, or Boston College had 70 plays. So when you're tipping in over 50, 55 plays as a defense, your defense is not getting off the field. Their defense is getting tired. You can't expect, you know, the defense to perform consistently and get off the field. If they can't do that, you're not going to win. And, and that's the bottom line. Defense has got to get off the field, period. And I will pause there. Rob, I, I want to kind of double tap into something you, you talked about. You know, <clears throat> Alabama is currently the, the number one team in the SEC West. LSU is number two. So if LSU wants to to go to the college football playoff or go to the SEC, like they have a tough road ahead. So yeah, it's a business decision. And yeah, you know, once again, everybody talks. Oh, SEC just means more. Like it does. Like Nick Saban. Once again, I live in Alabama. People are furious at Nick Saban, who has won two hundred and seventy six games, ten yeah. SEC titles. And yeah. oh, by the way, they've only lost once and could very one game. They very much won the playoff game, one game, and everyone in the state of Alabama is ready to crucify him and run him out of town. It's over. We need to tear down the stadium, build a new one. Nick Saban is done. It, like <laughs> it is a different world down here. I know you people in the Northeast love your lacrosse and your whatever the hell else. Like 
all the people in the South have to live for is football. But <laughs> we're 50th in education. Like most of the people down here have no like hope or future in their life. Like all they have to live for is football. So yeah, LLU oh, yeah. beating the shit out of Army. Like it was so beautiful. That's the reason they're gonna get out of bed to work 18 hours and have their minimum wage job on Monday. Like, and that's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, but I'm not mad that LSU blew us out. Like, I I wish we would have scored, but at the end of the day, it's a business decision and things just it, it's different down here. Y'all have your private schools and your public transit up there in the Northeast. We have college football. So oh, oh man. Yeah, this is oh, but look at <laughs> look at it this way, man. Like, pull up your Google map and look at what's in Tuscaloosa. Other than absolutely the, not a day of the stadium. Yeah, like, you got liquor stores and trailers. That's it. <laughs> Beyond that, by the way, the, the fact that the LSU covered probably means there's a lot of people in Louisiana that can go to Bubba Gum Shrimp Co. Exactly. Uh, come next weekend. So, yeah, they just bought dinner for their families. And you know what? Like, I'm Good. okay. That's fine. It, uh, go ahead. So, all right. That, that, was, that was the first point I wanted to make. Second point, you know, re- recruiting matters. Rob, you are so right. We're playing LSU, who's a very good, very seasoned football team. We started four plebes on on offense. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm in consulting. I see a lot of clients. I oftentimes know what clients are going to ask me before they ask. I, I've seen a lot having been in consulting for a while. This game is like, say, hey, let's take this analyst right out of their MBA who's never stood in front of a client, never had a real job before. They don't know how to dress. They, you know, they struggled to get on the plane to get here. Let's go ahead and put them in front of a Fortune 500 board and, you know, let them answer questions. Like, that's the equivalent of what happened. So I'm not happy we lost. I'm not happy we got blown out. But am I sitting here going, get all mad and, oh, I'm going to go kick my dog tonight because I really thought Army was going to knock off LSU? No. Come on, folks. Like, and also, James, I'm I'm gonna let you talk in just a second. I promise. I saw a tweet, and it was saying that Jeff Bunkin and Mike Mike Buddy need to be investigated for treason for undermining national security for scheduling LSU. Mike Buddy didn't schedule LSU. Oh man, Jordan has <laughs> gone full Kanye right now. I'm gonna let you finish. That's what people send me, Dan. We, I didn't get to let this out last week, so I got to let it out all right now. The long day, okay? But, like, no, they're not under... It's one game. Like, I'm sorry. Like, nobody remembers the Notre Dame game in 2015. Like, nobody cares. Like, I understand it's a big deal right now. In six months, nobody cares. So, yeah, that's yes, it's a big deal. Right now, it sucks. I'm not happy about it. We're, you know, no one on this podcast is happy about it. But there are bigger things going on in the world that than an LSU Army football game. And we have bigger things to be concerned with from a national security perspective than who the hell Army's playing on a Saturday night. I'm sorry. James, I'm going to put myself on mute now. I'm thinking, I think think we should start. I think there's like a, a, wouldn't just be for Army, but I feel like there's a a Twitter account to be made called uh, Toxic Fans Incorporated. We just retweet Toxic Fans. It'd be like, uh, you know, uh, what's the one? The freezing... uh, uh, Freezing cold takes. Freezing cold takes. That's just not. It's not a terrible idea. <laughs> just, just toxic takes. <laughs> We're going to have a new segment on this show of the stupidest thing that someone has tweeted. Or, or maybe yeah, oh, all that goes on roundtable because it's not. Cause we could do one for army fans, sure, but but I mean, that's around college football. Well, um, yeah, James. Then biggest play, hundred percent. Let's go. Round of applause. All right, let's talk. Let's talk uh, some Saturday football. 
Um, so the only thing I will say about the game, because uh, about the games, you know, the actual play specifically, was a really good decision that I thought that Jeff Munkin made, which was the the fact that he played three quarterbacks, two plebes, and one yuck who started playing this year um, in games. Like, if, if you don't think they might need, you know, that Jeff Munkin is thinking, I might need to rely on one of these guys come Army-Navy in front of 65,000 fans in Boston, and that's going to be something that they don't have any experience with, right? They're, they're going to have never, you know, have, one of them will have seen it from the sideline. That is it, right? You get three guys' experience in Death Valley during a night game with a with a a, a, a a huge crowd like that's really valuable come army navy a little bit for air force although i don't think they're going to come anywhere near selling out uh mile high if they have a third of the number that lsu has i'll be shocked <laughs> right so so uh maybe maybe big game i was here just because of the rivalry it'd be helpful but also you know uh and this isn't really in game it's more a pre-game you know I, I heard a lot of people um army fans around the game uh, kind of say, well, if Bryson Daly is healthy or even close to healthy, why wouldn't you start him against LSU? Uh, Bryson Daly could be perfectly healthy, and I think it's the smart move to sit him against LSU. You get your other three guys' experience. You keep your your number one quarterback healthy. You give him, if he is healthy, you give him a, a warm-up game against UMass, and then you go right into Air Force. Like, why would you risk injuring your starting quarterback? against? That's insane. That's absolutely insane. So um, for, for all those people, uh, I guess that's my response. Uh, let's get into a little bit more game day. Um, I sort of decided to go pretty last minute. Um, I was actually at my sister's wedding a couple weeks ago, and some uh, friends said that they were going, and um, it was only a nine-hour drive from Oklahoma City. So started thinking about it and, and decided to head down. Um, got in contact with the LSU press box people, and and they got us some passes. Uh so that was all good. Went to a tailgate before the game. A lot of fun. It was like one of two Army tailgates there. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, a lot of you guys came out and said hello. That was awesome. We saw some uh, AOG staff people there. President of the AOG came by the tailgate. Um, he was really cool. Um, and then uh, so a lot of the fans of the show came by uh, and drank some beer with us. And I will say, out of everyone who I talked to who listened to the show, the one common denominator was that they all loved when we made fun of Dan for being old and too. So... <laughs> we have to keep that going because they referred to to Dan as ESPN minus on several occasions. What they want, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> We got bills to pay, dude. Yeah, we need more Patreons. We need to make fun of Dan. So uh, if you have any submissions for making fun of Dan, please submit them. And uh, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure to include them in the show. So first at club, please uh, please bring those in. Um, Thank you. Ray Kimball <laughs> says, old guys stand together. Solidarity. Oh, right. Yeah. So... Moving on from that, uh, you know, we went into the game. You could read the article I, I put up for quick thoughts. Uh, down on the field, really just cool experience. Something that I think it's worth. Yeah, Army got blow out, blown out. We knew they were going to get blown out. Like, it is what it is. Enjoy the damn day. You're going to a night game in Death Valley. This is something that most college football fans 
like save up their whole whole life to go and do in their retirement years. And you get to go watch your team play in Death Valley. Yeah, it's a blowout. But like enjoy the fact that you're watching a night a, a six thirty kickoff in Baton Rouge. Like a lot of people have that on the good list. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there were a hundred and one thousand seven hundred and sixty six people at that game. Right. Yeah, it was it was insane. And by the way, just to compare it to another game, we got blown out by Ohio State in the shoot. I was there. Nobody was bitching. The the only reason people weren't bitching is because we had what ten wins that year. Like it it has nothing to do with Army getting blown out by a superior opponent. It's just people being frustrated and throwing their their frustration at at the fact that they lost this game. It's it's a little ridiculous. But um, if if you want to talk about sort of more broadly about should Army be scheduling these games, look, Army got one point six million dollars to show up. If you don't think that matters, like there are there are teams around the academy who are going to win Patriot League championships this year partly because of the money that's provided by Army playing at LSU. So it does matter. And yes, everyone's going to forget about this game five months from now, but the track coach is not going to forget about this game. The swimming coach who just beat Navy for the first time in a quarter century is not going to forget about this game because those dollars are going towards their team being able to compete at a higher level. So so let's, you know, uh, uh, let's dispel that rumor. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. That, that's correct. Mike Davis says getting blown out plus new offense not performing well. People will be bitching. You have to give it time, and and we've we've talked about that. Um, but I wanted to have a little bit more, if if it's okay, a little bit more of a discussion about scheduling. As an independent with Army, right? You get a neutral game against Navy every year, so you're down to eleven games. Uh, at eleven games, you want to have an average of five and a half home games a year. You schedule. Uh, Air Force is a uh, you know, home and home essentially. I know we've had the the couple of years where it's been neutral, but we're, it looks like we're moving away from that. Um, so Air Force is home and home. You have a big Power Five opponent who's not going to come back and play at Mikey this year. That's LSU. Um, who was it uh, last year? Tennessee canceled. Uh, you know, it's been Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma is sort of the one weird one there. Um, but you uh, you just have you have that game. Then you have an SCS game. So now you're down to uh, nine games, and you're at one and a half. So you need four home games remaining, which means every other game needs to be a home and home. And the home and and when you schedule a home and home, you're either playing a school who is happy to play at you, in which case they're bad because they're a small school and the opportunity to play in New York City and play against Army is something that they need or Troy because they sell out their stadium or something like that. Or they're a team that thinks they can beat you three out of the four times they play you, like Wake, like Duke, like uh, 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 Syracuse, right? They're a team that thinks they're they're good enough. So it means that as, as Mike Buddy or, or his predecessors, you're playing, you're, you're trying to schedule four home and homes for every year uh, or excuse me, eight home and homes for every year, and you're either playing Mac schools, Sun Belt schools, or ACC schools that you're going to lose to more often than not, right? So it, it's not a great place to be. And if you look at the Venn diagram of people who bitch about the schedule and bitch about Army getting blown up by LSU, and then there's the circle of people that don't want Army to join the American, there's a massive overlap, right? Like, like you can you can have it one way or you can have it the other. And I'm not saying that joining the AAC is a great idea. I'm not saying it's not a great idea. Like it's going to happen. We all need to, see to make our peace with it. I'll tell you that much. Well, and, and, and look, uh, there are, there are pros and cons to it, but, 
But like, you can't have it both ways. Like, I, either you want the scheduling fixed, in which case you need Army to join the American, or you're okay with the scheduling the way that it is, and you know, uh, you don't want to join. But you can't have it both ways. And I'll leave off with this. You know, in the Jeff Munkin era, how many times? It's what this is the tenth year. How many times is Army does, has Army played the actual formula, which is um, one big game, one FCS game? and the rest of them FBS games. How many times in those 10 years has Army played the format? I'm going to say once, but I can't remember which year. Dude, 2017 and 2021. That's it. Like, yeah, you we can we can continue to blame it on North Texas canceling and Tennessee canceling and Ball State canceling, but eventually, like, you're the independent on the schedule that they can cancel. So, like, it, it, it's... It, you can't have it both ways. You got to pick one, and and this is these are the cards we're, we're dealt. So quit wishing that you were dealt other cards. Yeah, James. It's I think everybody likes to look at Army. We all think we're the best, and we deserve everything. Like what's I, I get it. Every fan base in America thinks that college football should revolve around their school. But at the end of the day, we are a small liberal arts college in upstate. Do we have a bigger mission than that? 100%. But for the purpose of college football, we are a small liberal arts college in upstate New York that was good 80 years ago. The last time we were like seriously nationally relevant was 1958 years ago. Okay, 70 years ago, whatever it is. Like college football as a universe, as an ecosystem, as a business has moved on. And I think that we need to recognize our our place in it and like, hey, you know what? Like we are not going to get five-star recruit. Just, just. That, that is an objective fact based on the situation that we're in. And us sitting here, it's like, oh, this needs to be like Coach and Mike Buddy, and they're doing the best with what they can. And $1.6 million makes a difference. And we are not in a position where we're paying other teams $1.6 million. That's just not the way it is. And, you know, if you want that to change, give more money. <laughs> so, it's the only thing that I can tell you that's going to change is give, give more money. And then okay, let me know when you're going to give that money because I'll stand outside Crandall Pool with my hat and work. <laughs> yeah, can, can, cancel your ESPN Plus. Go to ESPN Minus, like Dan, get an antenna, and then donate the proceeds to the Army football team. You know, I, Dan I, the Boomer over there. I'm all you damn millennials would just stop drinking Starbucks and give it to West Point. Oh, I know. Stop eating your avocado toast so we can win some games at Army. You see, the funny thing is I feel like Dan Dan also eats avocado toast. So it's a oh, little bit of I am probably the next like to eat avocado toast on the show. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll finish I'll finish out that conversation. So I want to address this comment we just got to, which I'll do afterwards. But look at Navy this year. Navy running their traditional offense and with some quirks, granted, right? Navy has an objectively worse offense than Army this year. Here are some things that Army is better at, and they both play the same number of games, so so the per game is is the same. Here are some things that Army has more of this year than Navy. Points, first downs, third down efficiency, completion percentage, passing yards, total yards, and yards per play, and they're near even in rushing yards and rushing and, and yards per carry. And if you take away like their four really explosive runs, Army's better in yards per carry. So I, I don't like I don't want to hear about like, you know, uh, uh you can't excel in the America and this and that and all these things. Maybe it's probably going to a bowl this year. All right. Like uh, yeah, they have an easier schedule. Okay. Well that's because they can't have it. Right. So so I don't I don't want to hear about all that. And and I we have this comment I want to address, right? You can't blame folks for being gun shy of a new offense and join a conference given the history. I understand the situation time is different, but the definition of insanity is dot dot dot. Uh look, there are so many things that are different about Army joining Conference USA in ninety eight ninety nine 
and a potential move to the American now. It, it, the two things are like, I, I know it's school joins conference is the same. Literally everything else about it is different. Everything else about it. They weren't making $8 million a year in, in TV revenue back then. They didn't have the same academic standards that they had that, uh, that they have now. Um, the, the, the national, um, negotiating power that you have by being in the American, you know, you have somebody negotiating for your school on a national level. Our men have that now. Like they've been changing the rules specifically against our offense. Like they don't have that now. Um, they're, they're everything else about it is different. And if you want to complain about the new offense, I can't tell you you're wrong. It hasn't looked great in most of the games army has played. All I can tell you is Navy's looks worse. Like and, yeah. and and they haven't changed theirs as much, and they're going to a bowl this year. So like uh, you know, and I'm not saying Army isn't right. There's still that chance, but Navy's bowl probability is a lot higher than Army's right now. And by the way, Air Force is Air Force, and they didn't change their offense at all. So like uh, you know, y- y- people want to complain about the new stuff and all that. Like, what's the better solution? Because they're not out there, right? Like. I was thinking about this today when I was in the water. Um, I was swimming and I was I was thinking about this. Is I knew you were going to say this. And, you know, we're not coaches. We're not breaking down film. We don't even have access to the right film to break it down if we wanted to. The thing that we can do effectively is like trend analysis. You know, we, we can we can see like what's happening and sort of try to infer why things are happening because qualitatively or excuse me, quantitatively, you know, we can determine expectations, right? Take a statistical approach. So if Coach Munkin has has been, you know, one of the most successful coaches in the history of the academy, and he says, we need to change the new, op- we need to change the offense, like quantitatively, there's reason to believe him. And none of us and none of these fans are in a position to like look at the game tape and gainsay him. That's just not that's just not a thing that they can do. Like you have to, you have to trust the man, you know, you, you have to get on board with the decision that was made. It, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. The decision was made. We're moving forward now. Yeah. And you know, Dan, you're an electrical engineer, but <laughs> I, I, I charge my phone every day and I turn on the lights every day. So I interact with electricity, but if you came to me and you say, Hey, we need to update the grid and we need to, I don't even know. I don't even know enough to, trying to pretend to talk technically i'm like oh okay like you're the expert like i don't know yeah. like and, and I, I think we all think that, oh i played high school i, I you know, played football in high school oh you know like none of us have stepped foot on the the, the, on the football field none of us have coached a division one football game ever so it's really easy for us to sit here and say things but you know dan to your point like the decision was made like we can sit here and we can bitch about all we want like same way people bitch about who won what election like it at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like the decision was made and someone who gets paid a lot more than us is going to be the one who has to undo that decision. And if you don't like the decision, then give more money and maybe you can call somebody who does make the decision. That's that's all I can say. We got another comment. Uh, what does Air Force do differently makes them successful despite the rule change? A couple of things. They, they do some things that Army can't do in terms of uh, delaying players and all that kind of stuff. So they can sort of shape their... Uh, they can shape their senior year, you know, academies are cyclic. You know, you need to have a heavy, senior heavy class in order to compete well on a national stage. Um, you see that at all three academies. So they can shape their class a little bit better than the other two academies. Uh, but uh, to my point earlier and, and to what I believe Dan just put out, their strength and schedule is 129 out of 31 while having one, do they have one or zero FCS schools this year? Zero. 
They have zero FCS schools this year. And you know why they can do that? Because they're in the Mountain West. Because they have one other team Mountain West that's like maybe as good as they are this year because it's their good year. Yeah. And you know what? They they might win the Mountain West this year and go to a New Year's Six Bowl. And you know what? That's going to hurt more than anything? Recruiting at Army and Navy. Like, yeah. So, so it's not that they're like a drastically different program. They do some things we can't do. But like they're in a conference. And... And they, if if they go to a, a New Year's Six Bowl this year, like you think Army and Navy are getting six or seven three stars next year? No, they're going to get one or two. And Air Force is going to have twenty seven. Like it, all of the service academy three stars are going to go to the same place. You know, it's not Troy Calhoun's fault that San Diego State sucks this year. However, he certainly benefited from the reality that San Diego State sucks this year. And by the way, that was the case in twenty. 20- uh, what was the year of the streak end? The 2016? 2016. Yeah. Navy was a hurt quarterback away from, you know, a potential New Year's Six Bowl bid. Now, they had Western Michigan that was undefeated that year with P.J. Fleck. So I don't know if a one or two loss Navy would have gotten in over them or not with the schedule they had. But, like, Navy had that opportunity, too. Yeah, we don't get that opportunity because we have to play whoever we can schedule 10 years right. out and hope they don't get. Yeah, and I will stand corrected because Robert Morris is a freaking uh, FCS school. But when you think about that, but when you think of, but when you think about how Air Force opened the season, they had Robert Morris, which is an FCS school, and then they played Sam Houston, which formerly was an FCS school. Yeah, so they had two confidence building games right off the bat. You know, and so that's the other part of it. And that's the intangible thing that we haven't really talked about is confidence going into the game. Right. If you think you're going to win, you're probably going to play a little bit better. Your neurons are firing. Your hippocampus is working. And I'm not a brain surgeon, but there are some benefits. Like why are there performance enhancements and psychology coaches or sports psychologists around every football team? Why? Because that crap works. So if you have strong belief in yourself and believe that you can win, like you may be able to pull something off, but there's two things that you can't really account for. And that's, you know, the total coward and freaking Rambo, you know, but everything else underneath the bell curve, you can probably predict or have some accuracy on. And that's one of the things is, is like air force has benefited from being in a weak conference. Navy has not learned how to benefit yet from being in a weaker conference. And if army goes over there, given the way that the offensive has performed, they would probably be in the middle of a herd, you know, if not, you know, staring down the barrel of the AAC championship, if not a bowl game, if they were in a conference. So again, lots of arguments pro and con, but hey, you know, we aren't making I mean, that. Navy, Navy's been to an AAC championship game. Like uh, they, they've benefited. Yeah. I think, I think the right way to describe it is that Navy, that Army would be in middle of the pack uh, uh, play wise and towards the top of the pack in terms of brand value, which is a decent place to be in a conference. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we are not going to be the, the top of anything in the college football, unfortunately. Right. And that's you know, the reality of it. And the sooner we accept that and the sooner that we can say, okay, this is where we're at. How how do we accept that and optimize where we're at? I think the better we're going to be as a fan base and as a program. I think the program's moving that way. I think as a fan base, we need to get there. But we beat this to a dead horse, gentlemen. I think it was a great conversation, but um, let's... Let's move forward. We're going to do the good and the bad. We, we've already talked about the ugly. I don't think we need to continue to talk about the ugly. So let's just talk about the good and the bad from the performance from the last two weeks. Dan, over to you for the good. Yeah, well, I gave myself the good part, right? So first off, Army has found a real player and running back, Kanye Udo. Uh, he's a plebe. Last two games, he's got 39 carries for 204 yards. That is almost six yards per carry. Even more impressive because he's been playing with plebe quarterback Champ Harris, who, as we said, isn't a great runner. It's not even a knock. He just hasn't had chance to develop the running part of the offense. 
speaking of Harris, you know, yeah, you know, we saw him struggle off the bench. Um, but commentary in LSU talked about how few reps he's gotten in the offseason because obviously the staff spent the mass majority of their time giving reps to Bryson Daly. So I personally thought a week's worth of starters reps for Harris made a huge difference in the way he played. Like he missed a couple of throws and those got picked as we discussed. But I mean, I thought he did a nice job making reads in the offense, if I'm being honest. Finally, uh, Army's rushing defense has gotten kind of a bad rap this season, uh, sometimes for good reason. However, they did a nice job against Troy holding running back Kamani Vidal in check. Uh, They only gave up 19 points against Troy and only one touchdown against Troy. Troy went 4 of 13 on third down. They held the guy who was at that time the nation's leading running back in check. Um, They forced three punts, turned the ball over on downs twice. Like, this defense has been maligned maybe more than they deserve to be, and especially in these last two games. Yeah, you know, Dan, first off, you're right. We, we do need to start giving you the good. Um, I realized that, you know, growing up in the Great Depression was probably really hard, and so I think we should give you the good every week so you can just kind of share what the people want, Dan. <laughs> yeah, the people want. Yeah. <laughs> Out in the Dust Bowl of Oklahoma, you know. Yeah, I mean, come on. He he had some pretty tragic life experiences, so we should at least let him talk. He had some creative coast. He, I mean, he went through uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he went to went to pre-K during the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was yeah, duck, duck and cover, man. That's pretty significant. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. No jokes aside, Dan, I, I do agree with your your point about the defense. Um, it, and once again, like we are, we are one or two plays away from not even having to have these conversations. One or two plays away per game, and it, it's tough. It, it's tough, and I think there's lots to to be excited about. But anyway, the bad who who's taking the yeah? I'll, I'll take it R- real quick. The bad turnovers, third down conversions, uh, not passing very well, and injuries. I mean, that's basically what we have to worry about for for going into the next game. Hey, is Alston Buchanan Lingenfelter and daily are they going to be back are they going to be on the field and if they are what's their condition i mean one of the best parts about army is we don't really get a lot of injury information which is great because a lot of teams can't scheme around who's in or who is not but i think that's uh one of the important things and then again you know the rushing defense it's hard to it's hard to base anything off of the last two games just because great rushing teams uh and let's be honest umass is not the most powerful offense but we'll cover that a little bit later and uh, that's really it. So I'll throw it over to Dan for the read since we are not doing the ugly because we have beaten that to death. Uh, yeah. So um, Craig Oxane is a sponsor of this program. He is a vice president of residential lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago, member of the West Point class of 1994, licensed to lend in all 50 states based out of Chicago. Friends, Craig is one of the biggest VA lenders in the country. He's going to offer you super competitive rates, give you the best deal that he possibly can. And guys, this whole mortgage process is super confusing. Interest rates moving all over the place, like the housing market's moving all over the place, valuations. It's not the time to deal with some clown who's just trying to make a buck off you. You you really, if you're going to sign two, two inches of paperwork to buy a house, you would like to work with somebody you feel like you can trust. And that does not mean some random big box bank, mindless website, get a mortgage from China.com, like go with a West Point graduate. This is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at As For Football, and we are trying to introduce you to the guy you need to meet who will give you the best deal on a mortgage that he possibly can. Plus, this is important, Craig does not charge lender's fees for veterans. That's a savings of like 1300 bucks. 
$1,300, like get that money. And if you're not going to use it, send it to me or send it to the Army Athletic Program and maybe they'll change the offense back for you. I mean, Dan so, needs it, so. Definitely absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending, uh, Draper and Kramer, check him out. Link's on our website. Go to asforfootball.com. You push the little button, fill out a questionnaire. You'll be talking to Craig in a couple of hours. It couldn't be easier. And I'm telling you, the guy gets rave reviews from literally everyone. Dan, I know you bought your first house for $1,300, but $1,300 doesn't go as far as it used to. I did, in fact, buy my first house for $69,000. Oh, I would do some very, very questionable things. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, let's talk about UMass, everybody. Uh, UMass is now one in seven, so woohoo, they're worse than we are. Uh, Both these teams are struggling, uh, but if you're the Black Knights and you need to get a get-right game before heading out to Air Force, this is the right game to put on the schedule. Uh, They won at New Mexico State. New Mexico State also sucks. Uh, 41 to 30, they lost to Auburn or Eagle Baby. Uh, 59 to 14, lost to Miami, Ohio, Eastern Michigan. Um, oh, they lost to New Mexico. So they played New Mexico State and New Mexico. I didn't know New Mexico had two colleges, but uh, lost to Arkansas State, Toledo, and they lost to Penn State 63 to nothing. Uh, had their bye week last week. So, Dan, why don't you take us through the offense? Yeah, somehow Massachusetts has played three different quarterbacks this year, has started three different quarterbacks and played a total of four. Quarterback Carlos Davis is actually the passing leader, but uh, Taysen Pumachan is the best quarterback. And I'm going to assume for the purposes of this that he is starting because if they don't start Pumachan, like I'm sure that they're going to lose. That would be nuts. Um, when they're at their best, Massachusetts runs what's a pretty good looking power read option running game, but time uh, with Pumachan, who it, that dude is an excellent runner. He is 73 of 116 passing for 813 yards. That's almost 63%. Three touchdowns against three interceptions. He's taken 18 sacks in just five games of action. 18. And now this is where it gets confusing. Pumachan has actually lost 120 yards worth of yardage off of sacks. So it, I, you know, I had to get out my abacus and net out all the yardage to figure out that he has 24 carries for 163 yards, almost seven yards per carry to go along with his two rushing touchdowns. Because he's not fun when you days. make the abacus jokes. You need us to make them. We're your place. We just spent 30 minutes talking about army fancy to know their place. <laughs> you don't make jokes about yourself at all. Then it's not funny. It's not. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, running back K. Ron Lynch Adams, uh, averaging about five yards per carry. He's got six rushing touchdowns. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Simpson, 36 catches, 568 yards, three touchdowns. Like when they can run the ball with Pumachan, this decent offense. When he's not in there, I really don't think this offense is very good. So we got a, we had a couple of notes from the first day club. Uh, UMass bad. That's the end of the analysis, which is fair. Uh, and also, uh, people in Massachusetts have tried to call for them to cut football to fund f- hockey and basketball more. So could be worse. Rob, what are we going to look? What are we going to be looking at on defense? All right. So the defense has not been good, especially against the run. They're averaging 223.4 yards uh, per game and six point zero yards per carry they've allowed 20 rushing t- touchdowns that's all of that is good for the 128th ranking out of 130 fbs teams almost 50 percent op- opponent conversions on third down which is great uh they're allowing 60 percent of opponents to convert on third down the leading tackler is cornerback ty tyrae powell 
which is good because that means he's coming up from the secondary trying to make a difference. 35 tackles, 19 solo. Linebacker Jarrell Johnson has 33 tackles, just nine solo. Defensive tackle Billy Wooden, 32 tackles and 15 solos. Like Bottom line is, what I will tell you is just like anything else, the rest of their defense looks like, hey, look, if you don't have linebackers making ta- tackles, that means your secondary and your defensive line are making tackles, and that means they're not sucking up blocks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, with all that said, they have been pretty good at forcing turnovers. They got six fumbles, five recovered, five interceptions with two pick sixes. This team has committed a lot of turnovers themselves, though, so they still have a minus one turnover margin. So they may be able to get the ball, but they'll probably give it right back. And then uh, I'll hit special teams as well. So their kicker, Cameron Carson, is 20 for 20 on PATs. He's 9 for 14 on field goals. He has two misses from 30 to 39 yards. He has one miss from 40 yards plus, but he's hit one from 49. He also has two misses from 50 yards. So if it comes to a kick, you got a 50-50 chance of this guy hitting it, just under 50% or just over 50%. Uh, Punter, CJ, I'm going to just call him CJK, (laughs) averages just under 40 yards a punt. Uh, UMass doesn't always – they're not great at managing punt returns. They have two punt returns against Penn State. They've also allowed uh, returns between the 10 and 15-yard range against Miami of Ohio and Arkansas State. So there's some great opportunity in the special teams game. Either they will miss a kick or pooch a kick, and it gives us an opportunity to flip the field. So I think a great opportunity for Army going into the game this week, and I'll throw it back to you, Jordan. Thanks, Rob. Uh, got a note, you know, someone's throwing down a lifeline here. Dan, don't feel too bad. The kid driving the van to the range I went to last week was born during my first deployment. Wow. That's, that's actually incredible. That hurts. Yeah. All right. Uh, final notes. Kickoff is noon on CBS Sports. Line open Army minus 15 and a half has since led to Army minus 10 over under sits at 48. Um, since Dan won't be at the game, the weather is going to be absolutely gorgeous. Uh, sunny, highs in the upper 70s. Might make a real difference considering how poorly we have played uh, last few weeks in the rain. So, uh, thoughts on the game, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, for me, I just want to see the defense dominate, man. The, the the offense for UMass is kind of tailor-made for them to be successful. They turn the ball over, quarterback gets sacked. He's a decent runner, but he can't run the whole game. Plus, he's been in and out uh, most of the season. Just want to see a complete defensive game, 50 plays or less. I took Army to cover on roundtable this week, and if they can avoid putting the ball on the ground, I think that's a safe bet. Um, if they start throwing interceptions and fumbling, like we're liable to see even more utter madness, so I really hope that doesn't happen. I would also really like to see Champ Harris get some more serious playing time this week. Like I, I was encouraged by what we saw at LSU. I mean, I understand the kid threw three picks, but or two picks, excuse me, but I would love to see what he can do with another week of starters reps against not LSU at home, get a real sense of what this kid's got. Yeah, I, I agree, Dan. And, you know, playing in Death Valley against 100,000 people, that is getting quite literally thrown into the fire. Um, but being able to go play at Mikey, and you know, obviously not the same environment, but play against a, a real team that's not the practice squad, like getting those reps, especially as a freshman, that is so important. And, you know, you, you made the point of, you know, he was recruited as a passing quarterback. And, yeah, we're going to pass, but, like, option and timing and all that it just takes time and it takes reps and game time and you know the fact that he was you know second or third string and he's not getting reps because that's just the way it works in practice you know if he can get that experience even if it's just for a quarter like I think that's going to pay dividends down the line you know I I think the, the other thing in all of this is you know when we got coach Munkin 
first couple of years, everybody was okay that we lost a bunch of football games. Oh, it's a new coach. It's a new system, whatever. Like we're doing the same thing, except the coaching staff hasn't really changed. So it's going to take a little bit for them to feel it out. And everything's different. We saw, you know, errors in week one of just timing and the snaps didn't look right. And then the the handoffs and stuff like that. So I completely agree with that, Dan. I think we need to get some of these younger guys in as soon as we can, because, you know, they're the future. And I think that's important to invest in them so that, you know, in two, three years, we're not having these conversations. James? Yeah, I'll just say, look, uh, you don't want to look ahead, you don't want to look ahead, right? You got Air Force coming next week. Obviously, it's a huge game. Um, we're getting to the point where this is a two-game season. So we're not quite there yet, but, um, you know, you basically need to win out. Now, if you, if you disregard the Holy Cross game in terms of ball eligibility, you need to win out um, in order to make a bowl. So... Uh, we're getting to that point where it's the CIC or bust, and um, and I'm sure that you know not just the players, but the coaches are are really, you know, they really want to win the Air Force game. But UMass just came off of a bye week, so they're they've been studying your offense for two weeks now, and they're getting more prepared than your typical UMass team. Um, so it's sort of a, 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 a note, a, you know, note to be careful there. Um, what I'd really like to see uh, this week. Um, is just a clean offensive game. Um, I, I don't need I don't need fifty points. I don't need thirty points. Like if if Army wins this game, twenty one to seventeen, but they have a clean game, like gr- great, right? If they're not if they're not if the offense isn't committing penalties, if the offense isn't turning the ball over, and if the offense isn't allowing sacks, like then then that that'll be awesome. Um, uh, then at that point, a win is a win, and it's a great building block going into the air force week that's that's all i have to say yeah all right well, let's jump ahead to uh to fact or fiction fact that is correct or fiction incorrect james i think you're gonna lead us off yeah all right so i'm gonna say it, we, we can still do it fact or fiction style but um let's uh i'm gonna set a line at two and a half uh offensive penalties turnovers and sacks allowed I'm going. I'm. I'm saying they're going to allow. They're. They're going to do fewer than two and a half of those things. So, if if you add all those together, two and a half. Of say say that one more time. I'm sorry. The math got. I. I didn't. I didn't. Penalties, sacks, offensive penalties. Okay. Sacks allowed. Okay. And turnovers. Fewer than two and a half total. Fewer than two and a half total. So uh, lines at two and a half. I'm sorry. That's that's a very high bar. I, I, that would be they, great. They've that done it this year. Or their cleanest game of the season. No, no, they, they allowed zero against UTSA. I'm still going fiction, but okay. okay. That is what we need to see. I, I'm going to go fact. Um, two and a half. So we like, you can't have half a penalty, James. So I couldn't have expected, <laughs> but <laughs> can't get half a sack. You can get half a sack. James. I'd like to see one person get half a sack with no help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's a it's a line. You can't win by seven and a half points, but you can still be favored by seven and a half points. Come on, James. It, it, <laughs> I'm tired, man. I want to go eat dinner. Rob, you're on your own. You're on mute. Oh man, rookie move. No. <laughs> Sorry, I was typing notes, so I didn't want to hear clicking all over the sound. So anyway, Army has less than fifty five defensive plays this week. I'm gonna stick with the defense. That's what we need for success. So that's what I'm going to put out as factor fiction. Uh, I'll say fact. I guess the way you control that is with offensive success, but not runaway offensive success. So my only concern is that they might hit 
a bunch of like really long running plays, which would be awesome. Like I could see Kanye Udo finally breaking that 75 yard run and that would rule. However, it would also play against your thing here. Yeah. And, and, and essentially that's what uh, happened in the Delaware state game. Right. So they had a high number of def- defensive plays, but that was because the offense was firing serious on all cylinders. But I'm going to say fact for that one. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but I'm going to say fact just because of how bad UMass is at turning the ball over and allowing sacks. Mm, that's fair. I'm going to say fiction just because 55 is really low. Uh, I mean, they've done that what, once this year? Yeah, they've only done it once, and that was at UTSA. J- James, f- 55 is is 18 three and outs. Like, I mean, literally <laughs> 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 That's fair. Uh, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, UMass doesn't have a great – this is going to be similar to Troy in a lot of ways. They're all, UMass's offense isn't as good, so they'll get into the red zone less. Um, but they'll get in and it'll be up to Army to force field goals and then score enough times to, to overcome that. And I think they will. Um, it'll be a lot easier than against Troy's defense. Um, but I do think UMass will, will have at least some success moving the ball between the 20s. Um, so I think they more than 55 plays yet. 55 is really low. Was that fact or fiction, James? I, that's a fiction for me. That's Okay, thank you. Dan? Um, I say Army commits zero turnovers. You have just got to believe that's the point of emphasis this week. If I was the staff, that would be the only thing I'd be talking about this week. Um, I don't know. You guys can tell me what you think, but I, I'm going fact. Yeah, Rob? I'll jump on it and say fact. I, I mean, if things are going well, I would be surprised if they don't even pass. You know, this may this may be one of those, you know, 40, 50 play Army games where they just run the whole time. And I'm okay with that as long as they hold on to the ball. Jordan? I, I'm going to be the downer. I'm going to say fiction and mm-hmm. fiction because I think we're going to play a lot of freshmen. So I think I don't think we're going to have four turnovers like we did against LSU, but I think one might sneak its way out. I'm holding you responsible. James, <laughs> oh boy. I think you might as well ask who uh, is, is daily starting at quarterback. So I think that's your answer. Um, I, I I think he does start, and I think they have zero turnovers. So I'll go fact. Interesting. I, I you know what? I'd be a little surprised if he starts. I, I think they hold him. I think they well, hold him. Let's well, make that all factor fiction, Dan. Oh. Daily starts, factor fiction. I say fiction. I, I just said it, fiction. Oof. I'll go fact. I'm going to go fiction. And Dan, are, are you going fiction because you think that he's, we're going to save him for Air Force, or you think it's fiction because we're going to invest in Champ Harris for the rest of the season? No, I think they're, I think they're going to try to drop a bunch of players that they haven't seen on film lately in that Air Force game. Isaiah Alston, Jacoby Buchanan, um, Ligenfelter, like all these players who are difference makers that haven't really played, I believe are coming back out against Air Force. If if I'm reading the situation right, which who knows, I may not be, but that's what I would predict. But by the way, Jordan, like I don't think that's in that's in Munkin's blood to just say after the rest of the season we're going to play the, the freshman or the no, the I, I don't either. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I and and I'm not that I'm not suggesting that that you did. I'm just I, I think he's going to play the best players when it comes to to Air Force and Navy, and he's going to do the things that makes them the most ready. And if if Daly hadn't just sat for six quarters of football, um, then I could see him saying, you know, we might play Daly for a little bit against UMass, but. We need him fresh for Air Force, and we don't want to give Air Force film. But it's kind of hard to ask Daly to come back 
against Air Force after sitting for, at that point ten quarters of football, right? Um, so, so I don't know. That's that's my two cents. Yeah, and you know it, it's this is Daly's first year as a starter, so it's not like he's been you know thought he's a Mod Bradshaw and he's been playing Army football significantly and starting for three years as a senior team. So yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I, I think Daly needs the reps, and and James, I agree with you that Munkin's a competitor and he wants to win every football game every football game but i also think he's a stra- a, stra- yeah, a strategic a strategist oh my goodness <laughs> and a strategist yeah, a strategist <laughs> uh, and and a businessman and i think you know he's also taking a longer term view at things so dan i agree with you that you know i wouldn't put it past him to hold a couple of guys a little bit and hey let's make sure you're really ready to go before you play against airport i don't that know. fiction you're saying no daily doesn't start I- i'm gonna say fiction i think we're I-, I think we might see him in the game but i think we're gonna we're going to play some other people. Interesting. That That is the one thing I don't think will happen is for him to play but not start. I, I don't know. And, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Munkin didn't know. But then again, he's he's also probably known for two weeks and doesn't want us to know that he knows. <laughs> I, I cannot figure that man out for the life of so. <laughs> but you know what I can figure out? I can figure out how to subscribe to the As for Football mailing list. But do you like Army football and but hate social media? Who doesn't? Social media is terrible. Instead, go to askforfootball.com slash subscribe and get in our mailing list. One email per week. That's it. Too easy. Keep up with Army Sports Pass for Football. Bypass the people wanting Jeff Munkin to have to testify in the Senate for undermining national security like LSU. Askforfootball.com. All right, gentlemen, this was a longer show than normal. I think it was as important that we had a longer show. Um, some people were very frustrated by the fact that we didn't have a show, uh, last week. So kind of making yeah. up for it, lots to unpack. I felt bad about that by Thursday. I, I sort of, it, on Monday and Tuesday, I didn't know how to put a show together about the LSU game because it went the way that I thought it was going to go. Yeah. But by Thursday, seeing how excited people were, I felt, I felt like I'd made the wrong decision. So I'll own that. I, I did that. What do you got? Thank you guys all for, for missing us enough to, to tell us. Yeah, that's it. We, we appreciate yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I will. Let me close up on a favorite thing, which is a, a a plea for people to, if you're interested, to join our Patreon. You know, um, sponsorships are around here are a little up in the air right now, and there's a lot going on. You know, with Army potentially joining the American, we're been discussing changing our coverage a little bit to do a little bit more coverage of of the American Conference, and we've even got a writer potentially hired on for that. Plus, we went with StreamYard and we use uh, some AI. So there's a lot of cost to try to make this show better. And we, you know, that stuff's not free. And plus I've got partners with this thing that, you know, we'd like to keep motivated and and pay at least something for their time and all of that costs. So if you like Astro Football and you want more and you're willing to just help us support and do the things that we love, let me encourage you to look in on our Patreon and we'll do a little bit more on this next week. Um, we're going to do next week's show live and publicly not just for our firsties in the firstie club but for everybody on youtube and potentially on twitter.com um so you can sort of get a sense of what it's like to sit here and tell me i'm old to my face uh through the comments and just to hang out with us which is you know which is good so patreon.com slash football check it out if you're interested it, it really does help us we absolutely couldn't do this without the support of our of our patrons and uh and i'll just leave it there and by the way, yeah. the show, like the show is so much better since we've started incorporating 
Well, well yeah, and then send responding yeah. to comments. Like, like if you think, oh, well, they're just going to respond because I'm going to, you know, pay the the few bucks a month to to be like, no, like we enjoy it because because it helps us provide content that you guys want, and um, and, and plus it, it, you know, it gives you guys a chance to make fun of Dan, which the rest of us just enjoy on its merits, let alone you know making the show better. So, uh, you know. If you think that you know, we're just doing this because uh, of a few bucks, it's not. We really think it makes the show better. We we need your support, and we try to give our patrons an opportunity. You know, things that that we hope matter to them. But but the reality is, we we just need your support. Like that's just the reality. So um, if you like Azure Football and you're interested in more of it, there's more to be had, and we'd love to welcome you on board. Yeah, when when Astro Football got started, it was you know one dude. <laughs> writing some some funny articles on the internet that was it it became you know two yeah. dudes who were and, and, it, and it's all good like it's it's good to be able to expand the show and it's good to have enough money to make the show better um but it does cost so anyway that's it i'll shut up um i'll, I'll say one more thing I, i've talked to a few people that have joined the first club and and the one thing i hear about our you know our group on facebook it's a private group like you the, the toxicity isn't there, right? It's a it's a group of guys who get Army football for what it is, and they want Army to do well, and they enjoy talking about Army football. And when it sucks, sometimes it sucks, but it's not sitting here like just accusing individuals and and saying that the players suck when they're you know just trying their best. And so, so like if if you want a group of people to talk Army football with, but you're sick of you know some mom of a cadet from eight years ago, like you have a, a good group of uh, of people here. Navy Daddy sixty nine on Twitter. Like just lock him, join the Firsty Club. You know, make it easier on yourself. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some other Army football groups that I've been a part of and have had to leave because they're, it, it's it, it, the Firsty Club's different. So yeah, you, you know, that's us telling me that. Obviously, we're not completely unbiased, but you know, you gotta see it to believe it. But um, if you like the show, you'd be interested in supporting. Check out our our Patreon. Patreon, we're gonna work on, you know, trying to enhance that a little bit and um, you know, re-update it and and get things going again. But thank you all for your support. Thank you for listening to us talk for the last hour. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following us on social media. Go Army, beat UMass. Eat them. Eat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football Army Football Show. Tune in next week as Ask for Football brings you more Army football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, FireBarn.com. FireBarn is the world's first online platform for auctions and sales of farm animals. FireBarn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and its special discounts to military veterans who want to continue the growth of the small farming industry. Go to buyerbarn.com forward slash military. That's buyerbarn, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more. Or to get started, email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to the Army Football Show. And as always, beat Navy.